Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. And a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Collision this weekend. Do you want to get the boring ratings question out of the way now or save it till the end? Um, No, save it till the end. Okay, let's start with one of the most highly anticipate, anticipated, easy for me to say, AEW matches ever in, what is this, Joe Punk 4? Joe Punk 4. I don't necessarily think it's one of the most anticipated AEW matches ever, but I appreciate your need for a bullet point. Yes. In the copy. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly anticipating it highly. Mm. A lot of people who um, migrated across to Ring of Honor, either when this was happening or after, probably because of the pull of this trilogy, this critical acclaim level that uh, uh, an indie in this emerging market in the 21st century. This is the first to really get that level of, mm. you need to stop what you're doing, i.e. WWE, stop that, <laughs> and watch this because it's incredible. Like, I didn't watch ROH at the time, but certainly this trilogy, I read about it in Powerslam magazine and on the forums, and it was like the talk of the hardcore fandom that sort of brothered me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that generation of fans, many of whom comprise this AEW audience, then it probably is a big deal. Um, so I would not one of the most highly anticipated matches in AEW history, but certainly it's a big one. Certainly at this for the first time really feels like something that CM Punk, the character, yeah. is, and indeed the man, is truly interested in doing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it as a result. I'm fascinated in what they do and how they do it and the length it goes. Like, at time of recording, yes, um, there are four matches announced. And as yet, Collision isn't really this massive angle-heavy show with, like, a million different um, backstage interviews and skits. It's all very languid in its pacing. And minimalist in its content, I guess maybe is the is the way to describe it. Yeah, maybe they'll tease a draw, 
because that's the story that they are telling. For that reason, I wonder if it's worth doing this first. Um, can Joe, at this stage in his career, go um, an hour or tease going an hour, go long but not an hour? Is it necessarily a good idea to tease it? Um, does the the inevitable... They'll build on what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um does it have to be such a literal retread? I don't know. Um, what I do know is that they will do some incredibly, incredibly good understated pro wrestling, um, and I really can't wait for it. Uh, we talked about this on the Collision Review. CM Punk mm. is a god at commentary. He is easily the best color commentator in professional wrestling. He just happens to be so great at wrestling that it's this sort of side gig. If you like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll ever just want to be a part of it in that capacity when he retires, but he should. And a wrestling promoter, whether it's Tony Khan or even Triple H or Vincent Mann, should pay him a lot of money to do it because yeah. he's awesome at it. Um, in that collision main event between Roddy and Joe, he was just incredible. Like, he just dialed back the years, locked me in a moment, and in that moment, I just could not have thought more highly of Samoa Joe because of the really organic and committed and naturalistic way in which Punk put him over. And Joe's been great this year. Mm. You'll remember, Wilborn, I was the ultimate Joe skeptic when he got released from NXT and everyone was fantasy booking him into AEW and because he was, a, he was a free agent and Tony Khan always signs free agents. His arrival in that promotion was delayed, I think, by yeah. uh, longer than people thought, but it was inevitable and it did end up happening. I didn't want it to happen, and quite frankly, I think for the first uh, up to a year, I think I was proven right. He yeah. didn't do much. Um, he had a great half a match with Suzuki, then tired out. He had a nothing match with Adam Cole at Double or Nothing 2022. Just felt like a signing too far. Um, this was a promotion too far in this really long career. And my God, Tony Khan, quite frankly, has learned how to book him. Yeah. Matchmaking. I mean, or, like a uh, monster like last week. Yeah. Made him look like a monster last week. The Derby Allen feud was yeah, absolutely was um, incredible. Um, it's still not always great with Joe because of his physical limitations. Like the Wardlow stuff was just ultimately so disappointing and underwhelming um, and unproductive, frankly. But the difference with Wardlow and Punk is that Punk is a pro wrestling genius and um, he'll know exactly how to do little but get a lot out of Joe, mm. like selling for him. Like even in that um, the the one on one tees in the trios match, like you see chops. How often in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you see chops in a professional wrestling match on a professional wrestling show across multiple matches every single week, almost every single day. Mm. The way that Punk crumpled, sold them as if they actually sucked. I understand that you've got to do them back with a bit of defiance at times, but you sold them like, oh, I don't want this to happen to me. This really hurts, and I'm struggling in the context of this match. Like, I think they'll elevate strikes and chops and headlocks um, to a quite incredible level, and that brings me on to it. I'm really interested because when Punk was talking about Joe and basically saying, I'm not intimidated, um, but I kind of am. My tone is betraying my words. He was saying, you know, I spent a lot of time studying Joe um, failing to beat Joe, and my tactic was, I'm going to drag him down with a headlock, and that was in those ROH mm-hmm. matches. He's admitted that that didn't really work and has never worked. Does he do it and give it up? Does he motion to do it and then not? 
does he actually win with a headlock or get him with a headlock? Like, these guys are so good at pacing and timing basic things that I'm going to be going crazy in my living room watching Samoa Joe, like, sorry, CM Punk struggle to lift him up for the GTS. Oh, yeah. He's going to do it very early, and it's not going to work. He's going to build the idea that it has to work. And then he's going to really get close to doing it. And I'm going to go crazy purely because he's attempting a simple move, but he's building it and pacing it so well. Um, the only way this can fail, and it might not fail, it might just add to the, the spectacle, pretty much any noise is good mostly, is that this crowd goes very pro-Joe, and you've got an undersized CM Punk, not undersized, a smaller CM yes. Punk against this monstrous threat that is Joe. And if the babyface dynamics in the atmosphere are off, that could detract from the experience potentially. But otherwise, these are two masters who know the limitations and who are clever at doing the little things. And this should be great. Punk will win. Mm-hmm. But it won't feel like that for much of the match. And that's where the genius will lie. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a given that the slipping off the shoulders from the GTS into the coquina clutch just writes itself, yeah. obviously. Uh, I agree. I think Punk wins this. I think he said himself on the promo on Dynamite, and then whatever left is of left of him is going to make it through to the final. Well, he might be foreshadowing a, an injury angle. Yeah. Or, like, get his ribs taped up or something like that. Because there's an argument to be made that he could lose the final. Yeah. Or that he should lose the final. Um, we'll see, but I th- expect that line was not dropped by accident. I no. think he'll go into the final carrying some sort of injury. And Joe will look like such a monster that he'll be protected. And I don't think anyone really receives him as a potential AEW World Champion elect. Mm. I've certainly not read or listened to any conversations um, to that effect. But if he loses, CM Punk will do a great job for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the other side of things, of course, it's sort of the battle of Team Taz, or the former members of Team Taz, I suppose, in Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, two guys who seem to have a lot of potential uh, to do really big things at the start of this year. We have the Book of Hobbs. We had Ricky Starks. I was doing great stuff with MJF. Yeah. They had a wobble. One, one was more inexplicable than the other in terms of, why have you put... yeah. With QTV, um, I really hope that doesn't overshadow this because these two could put on an absolute show stealer. They could. Um, my issue here is that it's it's an issue, and is it and it isn't. Like I can see either wrestler winning, mm-hmm. but the reason why I can see either of them winning, um, or rather, I can see both of them losing. Um, I can see both of these guys losing because they each need to make changes to their character, not to save their careers, but to get back to where they were. So if they lose this match, their characters have justification to do the next thing necessary for their career. In the terms of Hobbs, you can just have them lose this really like competitive match, and then you can just basically click the fingers, right, get rid of QTV. Getting rid of QTV at this point, this thing is such an albatross yes. for a performer like Hobbs. They are already, the rest of it, it's so stupid. Like, again, more overthought Tony Khan stuff, in my opinion. It's so stupid that you've got Powerhouse Hobbs, who probably should have been made by now. Um, 
in QTV, which otherwise is concerning itself with the most low-stakes comedy with the acclaimed and um, Harley Cameron. Johnny it? TV as well. And Johnny it? TV. It's like, oh, get Hobbs out here. So if Hobbs loses, then blames QTV for dragging him down and then beating them up and removing himself from that group. It's a cheat code because people will say, oh, he's got rid of QTV. Mm. So that's good, I guess. I'd rather that he was not involved with this undercard dreck mm. to begin with. But if he loses and beats them up, it's kind of a clean slate. Yes. So there's an out to have Hobbs lose. He can then beat up QTV and you get like, a, it's like a reset. Starks, I uh, said it on a podcast not too long ago, is a natural heel to me. His attitude, his cockiness. He's a fantastic heel. Um, but he's so talented as a guy that he can cut that baby face promo. He has had this really sort of um, circuitous journey to big-time TV that it's easy to root for him. And he was popular. doesn't matter if you have any of these trade characteristics. If you're over, you'll become a face anyway. And that's what happened with Starks. But I don't. I do not solely blame Chris Jericho for the way that his career is sort of faulted. Um, I think Starks. The problem is that he's not had the mic time. The problem is that he has this quality to him that I don't know if he's not enjoyed his booking since the MGF rivalry, and if he looks checked out or a little bit miffed. Um, but he has this like aloof quality to him anyway because he's a naturally cooler than us guys. Yes. And I know I just don't think fans have clicked with him in the babyface role. I can well imagine him losing here and then sort of getting patronized by Punk. Maybe Punk can team with him. Say like, oh, you know, he didn't get it done in the own. I did. But I still believe in Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks can say, oh, come on, mate, dickhead. <laughs> I'll just chin you and like get to the fast track. This is a really long-winded way of saying that I'm more interested to see who loses and can believe both or can't lose because I want to see them do the next thing in their career at yes. this point. Um, not because I'm so into the the drama and the action. They've both been so well-booked that I just can't separate it. It's for the wrong reasons that this match will be dramatic. They've had two singles matches. One was this weird squash at the pay-per-view when he'd already done Jungle and Christ, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian on the same show. That was an odd choice. Mm. All Out, I think it was. Then they did the Grand Slam Rampage. Um, was it Lights Out? Mm. And that was not as violent as the best Lights Out matches. I remember it being good. Um, there was like a brawl up the ramp in particular where Ricky yes. Starks looked like he was fighting for his life, and that was awesome. And the, it was the, the overall the match wasn't great, if I recall. That spot was great. They've shown glimpses of their potential as a dynamic and as singles guys. I don't think... CM Punk said it's sick or swim time. I'm fascinated by this match, how good it is, how the crowd responds to it, because anything less than an absolutely great breakthrough, you have to start asking questions about whether these guys are truly ready for a top spot mm. because they've had a decent amount of chances. They've had some terrible bookings, so it complicates the question of whether they have it or not. But this is the ta this is to, you know, paraphrase Phil, this is sink or swim time. This kind of has to be great. If this reaches its ceiling, great. I want to see both of these guys succeed. Um, I want them to be Team Taz again as well. Yes. Um, if this reaches its ceiling, as does everything else, 
on the show. It was a broader point. This could be one of the best episodes of TV of the year. Yeah, we've said before, haven't we? We haven't had the blow-away episode of Collision This could yet. be it, man. This could Th- be this it. There's four match cards so far, as long as nothing terrible gets added. <laughs> All four of these matches have got really high ceilings. Yeah. I am going to stick my neck out and say Starks wins this. I think it's maybe more heart over head. But for all the reasons you kind of laid out there, I'm desperate to get a powerhouse obs away from QTV. And this is the fastest. Because like you say, it's not only you've cost me this tournament, mate. It's you cost me this tournament and a belt previously. If I'd have just used you and won the belt and then gone, I'll defend it myself, thanks. Then maybe I'm still TNT champion. Yeah. You know, um, and I want, because I was just checking there while she was talking, because I thought that might have been a slight giveaways to the winner, but it is next week on Collision, the Owen Hart Cup final. Um, so I want, yeah, uh, QTV to be the reason why Powerhouse Hobbs loses, and he, in one fell swoop, gets rid of them and the physical book of Hobbs. Fine with the concept. Hit it over QT Marshall's head. Yes, and it explodes. Yes, somehow. Um, I want to... I would rather see Starks versus Punk. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's the other thing. It was the, the dynamic of, you know, they're not the same wrestler, obviously, Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs, but it is Big Lad followed by Big Lad. Yeah, there, there's a risk of a diminished return mm-hmm. because there's not the same heft and history attached to, to Punk and Hobbs. And... If you go back and watch Punk Hobbs from the 2021 Rampage Grand Slam, you probably won't enjoy it that much. It was a novelty to see Punk in what I think was his second match. Back in AEW, could you double-check that for us? Maybe his second they or third. They haven't taped. They haven't, oh, it doesn't really matter. We've already previewed it. I was going to say, they haven't taped. This. All right, don't bother then, don't bother. Oh, no, they haven't taped it. They yeah, haven't they haven't taped, taped it. It's fine. Live? Live, Bell. Well, live, Bell. <laughs> um, if you go back and watch it, it really wasn't that great. The novelty second match, the yep. novelty of seeing Punk on telly in a stadium in his second match in AEW after seven years was kind of overwhelmingly great at that time. I think if you go back and watch it without that sort of feeling, you're getting a pretty good slash basic, not much heat because it's seen Danielson Omega two hours before yeah. match. Um, it'd be interesting because Hobbs has became awesome since that match. Yes. He's really, really evolved and progressed. So I'd like to watch it as a comparison piece to measure his progress. Um, but the memory of that one not being that great and Starks Punk potentially being awesome makes me want Starks to win. Do you know who CM Punk's last WWE televised match was against singles match? Not including the Rumble. Not including the Rumble. So there was a Rumble, then there was a dark three on I one hand. I know this. It's, a, it's the Outlaws, isn't it? It's Billy Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> Run that back. Let's have that again. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, right, let's talk about the bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Because uh, I am... <laughs> Uh, done an incredible about face uh, about Juice Robinson, as as many people have. That's because he's earned it. Yeah, um, and I think the addition of the guns is a fantastic development with Bullet Club Gold. I think they are all assholes, <laughs> and I'd probably have them maybe even go over FTR tonight. Oh, it's eliminator. It's an eliminator. It's, yes. Uh, it's one of those no good can come from this other than drama. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because the Eliminator step is in play, and you're not um, fantasy booking a title switch, it's feasible that the uh, the heels could go over here. Um, it doesn't really do anything for FTR's tag title reign, which has been okay. There was a bit, genuinely, the other day, where I was racking my brains as to who the AW tag champions were. That's the thing. It doesn't really feel like that's a division in Rude Health or that they are really prominent characters because they felt like Punk's little mates who put up with them. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where is the lie? <laughs> Tell me when I'm telling lies. It's part of my reason why I think that Bing 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 get the win tonight because of Jay White's stuff with Punk. Well, it's July and they've had those titles since, I don't know, March maybe? Mm. Um and they've had that really entertaining feud with the Jarrett's. It was class. That was awesome. And it's been awesome. But since then, they are just CM Punk's mates. They are. They're not like, they don't feel like a unit. They feel like they're CM Punk's mates and they're all like Bret Hart together. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but it, uh, that's what they feel like to me. Um, again, in terms of that weird sort of dynamic, like Dax hasn't done himself many favors in his standing, I don't think. There's like hero worship of Punk and Brett. Like it just hasn't. Uh, it's kind of not did them in. They're still really over. Um, but in certain circles, they've alienated That's those fair, circles. Yeah. Um, they could do with having a blinder here because the match of the guns was dramatic. It wasn't the best work you've ever seen from FTR. It was really entertaining. The stuff with um, Planet Jarrett. But ultimately, they are not where they were in 2022. It's just this incredible tag team working just incredible matches all the time. Um, I think they could do with an absolutely electrifying tag team match mm. just to remind people who they are because too many... And again, it's all bubble stuff, but I hear the words Dax Harwood and I do not think, oh, what an amazing tag team. Mm. I think, why are you like... Why are you the way that you are on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Just remind me why I fell in love with the revival in FTR. Um, and it's not just the Twitter stuff. I don't think they've barely wrestled this year. Um, I think he's still carrying injuries, which by his own admission started to affect him, hence why they took time off. And um, I don't think he's looked the same. 
Um, but I want to see that tonight. The ceiling for this match, again, incredibly high. Like Dax and Jay White, Cash Wheeler and Jay White doing stuff together. It's just awesome. Um, oh, my God. A lot of, this will be Southern-style pill. Of course it will. It's FTR, <laughs> and it'll be great as a result. And so much of the joy of that is like slapstick and heels showing ass. And who better than Juice Robinson to be that 80s Southern heel wrestler, like just being a complete arsehole throughout and then taking these great slapstick bumps. It should be fantastic um, if it hits its ceiling. FTR already lost um, consecutive matches to Jarrett and Jay Lethal to build that match at double or nothing. So to do that again, it feels like WWE broken. I can't mm. really get in, like I can't hand on heart say I like, I like that. Mm. You've not heard me for the last seven years of my professional career. But the magic of the step, if you can call it magic, is that it's always viable. Yeah. If I had to put money on it, purely because Jay White needs to do things that are not just a guy mid-card stuff, I'd have them win. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've managed to convince FTR to put a tag title eliminator match on the same card where the people who've been in FTR's corner are kind of busy. Yeah. Right? Punk and Starks, even if they do try and deal with something, re the, what they called, the Golden Guns? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, that's, they've already they've already got a leg up there. Yeah. Cashes look great in these collision matches, I'll say. Yeah. Dax, I still think he's missing something from his 2022. Yeah. And I know, you know what the guy, I ripped the piss out of him. But like me, he's got anxiety as well. Yeah. So maybe it's a confidence issue. He shouldn't be confident. He shouldn't, he shouldn't lack confidence about what he can do in that ring. Oh, the, guy, the guy at his best is unbelievable. Yeah. I think. Uh, I'm a great you know, person, but sometimes I think I'm not. <laughs> Guns interference and uh, a, a win for the Bing Bing Ging. Bing Bing Ging? Um, Willow Nightingale, one of oh. our favourites, against another one of our favourites, to be fair, uh, for different reasons. We like Willow Nightingale because she's just this wonderful ball of positive energy. And we like Athena because she's uh, the polar opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, they face in the uh, semi-final of the Owen Hart Cup, the winner facing the winner of Sky Blue and Ruby Soho. So probably Ruby Soho in yeah. the final. Um, yeah, we said a long time ago, I think, I think the arc for Willow uh, is being involved in overcoming the outcasts or being the, the the person that unfortunately gets so close and then potentially you have I think wait were you not here maybe it was yesterday maybe it was yesterday me and Hamlet were talking about the outcasts and the big picture of stuff and being like wait a second there's there's a, a world in which you have Ruby Soho Owen Hart Cup winner so she's got something I know it's not something you can really defend, but a belt nonetheless. You've got Tony Storm AW Women's Champions is going to all in, and you've got Soraya. Hmm. What could she go after? Oh, the TBS Championship. Yeah, you can have you know, avert, you know them effectively attempting to make all in the night where they hold all the gold, sort of thing. That shouldn't happen, by the way. Nah, it should be Jamie Hater and you know what have you, but. Um, yeah, as part of that, you've got um, Willow Nightingale to get back to them, involved in this Owen Hart Cup, despite her issues with the outcasts, um, and Athena, who's just been kicking ass over in Ring of Honor. Um, uh, I get prone to, like, hyperbole sometimes, which I guess is good. It means I'm not too dead inside. I really hope, in general for this show, that the crowd, that the, that gate is better. 
yes, that attendance is better than it looks on WrestleTix at the moment. That they make a requisite amount of noise and that this match gets time to develop because I think the ceiling of this match is the best Tony Khan versus women's match of the year. I agree. Um, Athena's been awesome in Ring of Honor. Willow Nightingale gets better every week and more over every week, um, more special every week. The dynamic, as you said, is brilliant. They are like antithetical to one another mm-hmm. in terms of the, not the style so much as um, just the baby face and heel dynamic is just as perfect as it's, I've seen all year, really. Um, like Athena is so good at being this nasty, <laughs> deadly bully. And Willow Nightingale is the best at just being someone you always want to see win. Given enough time to develop, given a loud enough backdrop, the ceiling for this is absolutely incredible. Like I think this could be a very, very, very special match. Mm-hmm. I just hope that everything clicks and that it's given enough time and that it isn't in there. You could open with it, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't just be like, would. well, we've had two. No, we've had one cup match, one eliminator. Got the other cup match to come if they're going to do Samojo and Punk in the main rather than opening the show. Oh, time to calm everyone down with a, the perfect heel versus face dynamic. Yes, I know. I just It will say I, I've lost faith in Tony Khan's ability to really push forward with the women's division. I just have. Um, it. I'm not. I'm numb to it now. Mm. I barely get like outraged or whatever. I'd feel cross if this just gets the hard commercial break, the penultimate match treatment. Mm. When this could be great, it's gonna be absolutely great. I will say this, you know, small small increments in this women's division for AW. They've booked this the right way round because as much as I assume Ruby Soho is beating Sky Blue. I'd rather not, that much not have happened yet, which obviously hasn't, and have this one first. Because if Ruby Soho's in the final, there's no way Athena wins this. Yeah. Whereas now, I go, I don't know, they could do an Athena-Sky Blue final. Sky Blue's been developing brilliantly as well, yeah. and they could be deciding to that go... That would be a good dynamic yeah, as well. Yeah, completely different direction for the outcasts or whatever. But um, I'm still going to root for our favourite Willow Nightingale, because I want it to be in the final. That's the thing. She's got this thing where I was talking about Starks and Hobbs before. And it was this very detached, analytical, what it means for the their direction of their character and how I want to analyze their characters. The difference with Willow Nightingale is I actively want her to win her matches. Yeah, and, and you know, not to... As, like, an actual fan. Yeah, not to peel back the curtain too much or dismiss what she's done because I think it's been brilliant. And I also think fair play to everyone involved for calling an audible. I wanted to win something because they wanted her to win it from the beginning, yeah. if you know where I'm coming from. Uh. Not... Uh, Mercedes, um, Mercedes. Money. Money. Has realised she's got an injury and just said, just put it on Willow because she's yeah. a great pair of hands to, to have it. So, yeah, I'm going to be shoot rooting for, for Willow in here, which arguably is going to make Athena's performance even better because I'm going to be wanting to reach through the screen when she's just being the unbearable champion like she is in Ring of Honor. Yeah, she's so great. And it, one more thing on this before we get onto the last talking point, right? I know people are starting to enjoy the outcasts, even if it's ironic. And it's certainly better than when they were just the NWO, but rubbish. <laughs> I think that Athena, as this heel in this form, should be carrying that AEW women's division. She should be the anchor of it. She every she should be everything else should be orbiting around Athena. She should be the big bad. Mm. 
in AEW, not ROH, like which no one cares about other than the most absolute rabbit of hardcores. Athena is so good and so underappreciated that she should be having as much TV time as the Mm. outcasts. And this feud should be the biggest slow burn feud in the women's division in AEW. Like, this should be their Omega Hangman, where Omega's like this absolute dominant champion, the best bout machine, and Hangman is just slowly getting his confidence to get there. They should be doing something like that with Willow and Athena. You've got your most organic, popular babyface on the rise and your best working heel. Like, why can't that be? And why isn't that the focal point of the yeah. AEW Women's Division? I'm glad we're getting it. Yes. So this is, um, it should be way bigger than this. Mm. Uh, right. We've put it off long enough. I really don't like circling back to this, but it, it feels like a prominent, yeah, yeah. prominent thing to talk about right now, obviously. Ratings. Uh, obviously, Collision, unsurprisingly, to be fair, hasn't got the same ratings it had when it started, but what show has. Yeah. Um, but are they already a problem? Like Smackdown on Fox. Yeah. You know, was it four Dynamite, million they got yeah, in the yeah. first one. Yeah. Um, are they already AW Dynamite? A, are they already a problem for you, or is uh, it? I'll have to wait until a more um, what's the word I'm bigger for? sample size, bigger maybe. sample. Yeah, a real pattern, a real pattern because the <sighs> they did a great, great rating the first week. I expected a bit bigger. Yeah, I did, but they did a really good rating. Then the second one. Was like, all right, okay, this is the new normal. Then do cartwheels. It's still not a great slot. Um, it's still a lot of AEW content. It's nowhere near the launch of Dynamite in terms of buzz, in terms of how much the wrestling scene in North America needed a show like Dynamite for like decades before it even aired. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near the same set of conditions. So to get the number they did for week two, which is a far bigger sample and real sort of indicator. Then week one, I was happy for AEW. Um, week three was nothing short of a disaster. Um, Murray pointed out when people said the um, second dip, the week one to week two dip, week two is still doubling what it used to do in its prior time slot, right. which is the measure of success. Yes. As Brandon Thurston pointed out when he posted the um, uh, collision rating for week three, what it was like 0.13? Something like that, yeah. Which is in range of what TNT used to air in that time slot. And the worrying, genuinely alarming news for AEW was Thurston made this point, I'm just echoing it, is that what they were airing in that time slot is significantly cheaper and less hassle for them um, than a live weekly production TV show um, with a separate expenses to Dynamite and Rampage, which are on the same night. Um, it's another new live touring thing with that comes additional expenses Um, so the number was if not a disaster because you can't no one week number is a disaster it was taped as well wasn't it that doesn't matter historically in terms of ratings and and Dave Meltzer whatever you think of his opinions and god damn it they are a talking point somehow again (laughs) on Twitter knows his business and I I think you're genuinely like one of those weird brainwashed arseholes if you think he lies about ticket sales and ratings and business. It's like, it's one thing if you don't like Kenny Omega. If you cannot understand that Meltzer absolutely knows his stuff inside out. He's almost like um, an oracle when it comes to business. He's so knowledgeable about it and the historical precedents. He's like very prescient about business. 
Um, what was I talking about? Uh, tape being, being taped. Tape, yeah, he's always said, he's always said that live versus taped does not matter one bit. Okay. It's weird. It feels to me like it should be. It seems, it feels counterintuitive to know that there's data that bears out the fact that live versus tape is a minimal difference. It feels counterintuitive yeah. because I'm certainly more up for watching a live show, more interested in watching a live show, and I think other people share that opinion. So it seems counterintuitive, but data bears out the fact that in terms of um, viewership, like it's minimal, minimal if that. I was just baffled last week, and I expected them to do a bad number. As much as it's good for us in terms of content to be able to sit here and speculate and stuff, I was like, sorry, week three, you're just counting on people to tune in because Punk might be doing something. Why aren't you putting him front and centre? This is his show at the end of the day. I'm happy. I talked about this on the news today with, uh, or yesterday, I should say, by the time this goes out. We're recording this in advance, by the way. So if we, uh, because the schools and blah, 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 solidarity with the teachers. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. But um, I said on the news yesterday with Andy, um, I'm happy about hearing people like Malachi Black saying we're collision exclusive because I think outside of what, let's say, Punk, Miro, Andrade, and maybe Thunder Rosa when she gets back in the ring, I couldn't name you a thing where it's like, you tune if you don't tune into collision, you'll miss out on these people. Now you've got the House of Black on there. I think they need to do more of that. And yeah, just more of a, more of a sell of, you know, because Rampage, I think, suffered the way it did, not only because of, obviously, its time slot. and that's, Stopped Karen as well. It's because they were just like, oh, yeah, and uh, there'll be this tag match. Like, they're trying again now with Rampage. They've put the Elite on there, haven't they? They've put, uh, you know, some really decent matches in recent weeks and, and, like, important, like, cup competition or tournaments or whatever are now, oh, you could you can catch that bit of that on this. Weird. But why are they doing that? Too little, too late, yeah. No one is a too little or too late. And too late. Not only is Rampage dead as a brand, but if anything, I would never... We used to ride them for this every single week. I would never, ever forgive them for phoning it in. No, no, you didn't... You said you weren't going to be content. You said you're going to be two hours of weekly intense, great matches and four pay-per-views, and it's going to be this really premium, um, all-filler-no-killer content model. Yeah. So when they start to phone in Rampage, I got furious because I felt like promises weren't kept. Guys, you can do it now. <laughs> like four hours of premium, that's enough. Dog rampage, all you want. I don't care about it. You don't care about it. Enough time has passed where I'm numb to the idea of being offended by how mid it is. You've done it now. Toothpaste is out the tube. Don't give rampage good stuff. <laughs> yes. Because then the appetite for more good stuff is dead by the time you get to collision. Dog rampage now. You've got a pass to do it. Um... All right, look, I will wait for a more um, reliable pattern to emerge. But basically, this feels like it's unfair because Collision already is a better show than Rampage. I really like um, the various directions. Commentary. The commentary. Oh, well, punks on it. Um, <laughs> the set, the language pacing, the way that they build matches, the fact that it's not as chaotic and frivolous. It just feels like... It's a direct response to people who genuinely started to go off dynamite and felt it was too energetic, too bloody much, a bit convoluted with storytelling. It feels like they've realized that there's a a portion of the AEW fan base who has gone off dynamite for X, Y, and Z reason, mm-hmm. and they've corrected X, Y, and Z reason on collision. Yes. Um, they were always going to have collision. It was a directive from Warner Brothers Discovery, but they've at least said, right, okay, well, why don't we 
remake it or make it in the image of the people who want something else from Dynamite and give them it on Collision. Yeah. From our, and I can see on my, you know, narrow, small sample, curated social media activity, I feel like they've resolved that problem. But the wider viewership seems to believe that Collision minus CM Punk equals Rampage. Yeah. But I tell you what. What I, are you going to do if, when he leaves? Because <laughs> if it's not in, you know, months... It's in about two or three years. Mm. Well, I tell you what, not that it for me is. What the if he gets injured again? Yeah. The show is. Put him on commentary. This show is <laughs> without CM Punk. It's long and short of it. They can't build stars to that level. You can't just become as interesting and good as CM Punk. Yeah. You just can't. It's impossible at this point. Um, obviously, Kenny Omega is better, but he's quite <laughs> frankly not as interesting. Like very few people are. Um, you cannot just replace CM Punk. Uh, and it's the worst time to launch a show like Collision because Dynamite's already peaked. I hate to say that, but it has. Mm. Yeah, if CM Punk walks or gets injured or whatever, uh, this show will be in the mud. But for now, it's not in the mud. It was one week. Yeah, and and not that I'm saying that if it doesn't go up whenever we find out next week, uh, then it's, you know, <laughs> that it's... Collision because it's finished, right? The show should get a rate in the way the yeah. the card looks. But now, yeah, the way you look at it, not only obviously uh, with big, you know, cup and tournament matches, but Punk Joe Four. I mean, that's the big one of the biggest swings you can have outside of big title matches to put CM Punk in on on Saturday nights, which are of course all right for fighting. But let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Collision on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at. Emma Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, you can check out the SmackDown preview with myself and Michael Hamlet right now. And me and Sid will be back on Monday to review AEW Collision. But now this has been the AEW Collision preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.